the Hawks in the heat while the Knicks sweep them with the broom. And just like that, guys, the New York Knicks are the hottest team in the NBA. The hottest. The hottest. The hottest team in the NBA, the New York The hottest. When's the last time we said that, Frank? Well, insanity. And even yeah. still, it wasn't to the same magnitude. Yeah, this – see, I was – I've been telling people, you know, all these people coming to my store nowadays, uh, Frank, and they they want to talk Knicks with me. So, shit, no problem. Let's talk and, Yo, listen, I'm telling everybody the same thing. This year is even more exciting than the 2013 year, not only because of just the production on the court, but because you know that what we got right now is so sustainable for years Mm -hmm. to come. We put ourselves in a position where – so when we really started this journey with Phil Jackson – um, which we don't really like to talk about much, but it always needs to be touched on because I truly do believe that Phil Jackson was the catalyst for the beginning of the birth of this New York Knicks team. Wow. Wow. This I is hate, I hate I know it's crazy. I listen, listen, I know that we there were so many missed moves by Phil not going to get Donovan Mitchell and going to get Frank Nielakina, you know, the whole forcing KP out of New York and all this stuff. But I truly think that there is a way to find a silver lining through every storm. And I think that the silver lining through Phil Jackson was that the Knicks finally saw the format that they needed to rebuild. And what is that, Frank? Well, that was drafting young, accumulating picks, getting all these assets. And then once you have these assets, you have the ability to start allocating these assets to fill your needs. And I think that's what we've been seeing with the New York Knicks in the past five years that's what I think we've been seeing. We've seen a successful rebuild. It all started when Scott Perry came into New York. Scott Perry did a great job when it came to Sacramento. And we brought him over, and he started to actually put his imprint on this team and let us get to the point where we can really start accumulating these assets. And then, obviously, we moved on from them. And uh, we've looked we – ha- we've never looked back. Not once. I'm not going to I'm going to touch on that topic right now, but I just want to tell everybody that's on Instagram. um, Your comments cannot show up on screen. So everybody who's comment, I appreciate it. If you if you would like, you could more than than welcome to come. Don't be shy. And we bring your comment up on the stage. We'd love to hear what you got to say. Listen, listen, if you guys want to interact with us, we want the interaction. We're not the we're not the ones that are going to not talk to you. We want to hear what you have to say. So if you're on Instagram, please do come over to YouTube. It's more inclusive. We want to get your insight. We want to put you on the forefront. We want to get you involved. Please come over. Also, if you can, if you want, if you like, you could go to BigNickEnergy.com. We got some really cool merch on there, as you see in this. Uh, Check uh, this out. Yeah, this this top corner over there somewhere. And we have a really nice flag, um, really big flag. Anybody, college, dorm, uh, garage. Mm-hmm. Um, huge, great material. It's only on the website for $30. It's severely underpriced. I'm probably not even making a dollar off of it. I just want Nick fans on the world to grab. Look it. at the work on it. Listen, this isn't your normal tapestry. You can learn, you can rep your Knicks wherever you are, and it's going to be co- good quality that's going to last you a while. And it's, <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, if you don't get it while it's hot, the prices only go up from here, baby. Big Nick energy. Uh, so, yeah, I do want to touch on the Phil Jackson thing. Why not? Because that was sure. crazy. 
That was That's crazy smart. I know. It. I know. The number one thing that I got out of the Phil Jackson era and what was most important to me um, was that that was the that was the tide changing from James Dolan being in control to yep. now the people who are supposed to be in control in control. I 100% agree. Ever since then, I know James Dolan. I'm, I, I'm not going to say I don't know, but um, from what we see and what we read, he's basically been off all types of basketball ops in terms of making trades and any kind of decisions. He's left it up to the right people now. I 100% agree. We finally got to a point where our brain trust within the Knicks is a place where we can – you remember a couple – you remember probably I would say seven years back how lost we were? And how all the hope as far as like where our team was going, the position where we were going, the direction we wanted to do, it was all up in the air. uh, Let's let's bring out that roster. Why not? Just for shits and giggles. Let's do it. So I think – so what I think to myself is we have the ability now to be in position to move forward. We were never in that – I said this from the beginning. When we moved RJ and IQ for OG Ananobi, we moved two guys that we didn't know – what where they would sit in this lineup, what their role was, what their jobs even were. We had IQ trying to figure out how to be your guard. We had RJ Bear trying to figure out how to be the third option. And then we got rid of these guys that were in question. Some of us, you know, aren't too happy about it. Some of us were okay with it. But then you get a guy that has a role, knows what he's doing. That's what happened with this team. We started bringing – and you know what? Phil Jackson was the first catalyst – Getting Jalen Brunson was number two. It was the most Jalen Brunson has been the most important piece in Knicks history since getting Patrick Ewing. He needs to be in the MVP conversation. It is not now it's not even funny. In the beginning, we were like, you know, he's playing great for us. Da-da-da. I mean, he didn't eclipse 30 points the last game. He had 29, whatever, but he had nine assists. So he was dishing the ball a little bit more, getting everybody more active. This guy, Jalen Brunson, getting his pops on the roster, then starting to get some of the Nova boys to start filling that comfortability with on the roster. We we finally have done something that will build a – this is cult, This is what culture is. When we talk about having a basketball team that has a culture, this is what it is. It's getting a bunch of winners, a bunch of people who are like-minded, a bunch of people who know what their roles are, and they play it perfectly. That's that's why we can have Mitchell Robinson go down. We can have Julius go down. We can have OG go down. And then we can have Dante DiVincenzo come in and give you two 30 pieces. Frank, that's why I always get enraged when I see tweets about Leon Rose and the whole family of the CAA. Why the fuck not? Agreed. Like you just said, like-minded people, people that are going to get along, people that are, why not? The same agency. We could just throw that in there. The only, listen, listen, the only reason why Big Nick Energy moves the way it does is because it's a family. And you look at that blueprint of, of what you and my, and my brother Vincent have cultivated. The success only comes from trust within. So when you start to get people that you trust within and you start to cultivate the feeling of a family, people who actually care and are on the same page and lockstep with the ideals of what you have, then you start to see success. Unfortunately, even though Tibbs is doing it a little bit, 
with Taj Gibson. When we had Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson's job when he came to the Knicks was to prove that he was more than a coach, to take his zenness and be able to put that into a different position, bringing in Joe Kim Noah's da 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 so far. So at least with Tibbs, we see Tibbs now. When he first came, he wasn't playing the young guys. And what were we crying for? Play the youth. Play him. Frank, um, I don't know if you know, but I'm not able to control the comments. Do you know how to handle that? I do. I do. I'm not able to, but um, I want to do. I want to continue. I let you know, everybody listening. If I if I get a little aloof in these conversations, it's because I'm checking your guys' conversations, and I want to put out the right ones. Just so you know. <laughs> what were we on just now? What were we talking about? Just everything that Tibbs. We were been- talking about a culture. We were talking about how t- I was talking about how Tibbs was helping out Taj, getting him a job. How Phil was getting uh, Joe Kim Noah a job, but it's different though. Yeah, it's 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 amazing how um, this team has just been able to, regardless of adversity. Like we're gonna we're gonna hold on to that right there. Um, regardless of any types of adversity or injury, you know that next man up mentality. Um, there's nothing better than that. Like you, like OG's been out. Randall's gonna be out for a little bit. Look at these last two games. You had Precious step up. You had Dante step up. You had Grimes step up. You know, that's Thibodeau kind of instilling confidence. And like you said, culture, that's very important. This team that not only that, not only that, these guys that are on our bench can fucking hoop. They can hoop. This guy, Quentin Grimes, has gotten more touches, right? So he's been scoring more. Besides that, his decision making, his ability to create off of the dribble and his defense has stood out. He's going to hit the three. The guy's got a flawless form. He's confident in his shooting. He knows how to create space. So when somebody's good at something, I take that, I throw it in the garbage because we know he's good at it. You got to look at everything else. Deuce McBride, his ability to create off the dribble, his ability to catch and shoot, his uh, how boppy he is with his crossover. And, and, he, and, and you want to know something that I learned from him that I've seen? He's learning from Jalen Brunson. When you see Jalen Brunson dribble, every single maneuver of the ball is extremely purposeful. And you're starting to see the herky-jerky crossover when it comes to Deuce as well. Yeah, I'm extremely proud of Deuce because from what he came from and what he is now, um, just true and true, a a hard worker, um, (laughs) never wavered, guy hasn't played a, a minute at the beginning of the whole quarter of the season, you know, stayed ready the whole time. Didn't stayed ready. And look, the Knicks threw him a little bag, three years, 13 million. And look at him actually producing on the court. Um, Let's get to some of these comments. Let's get to these comments. I want to start. That's you right there, Henry. Okay. So Brunson behind Embiid, Shea and Tatum. I agree. Um, But regardless to whether or not he is a unanimous MVP or wins it, or just needs to be in the running, he needs to be in the running. That's simple. That's all I mean by it. Do I think that he is the MVP of, of the Eastern Conference? No, I do not think that. Do I think that he needs to start being talked about? Yes. I think and, yeah. and that I think comes that's... go ahead, Frank. The re- well, the reason I say that is because you got to look at the all-star voting. A guy like Dame Lillard, who is scoring less, averaging one assist and one rebound more 
than Jalen Brunson is a starter in the All-Star. And Jalen Brunson is scoring more points than having one less assist and one less rebound. So I just want to start having this name Brunson become a household name. That's the most important thing to me. Yeah, I, don't, I, think, I think any realistic Nick fans knows that Jalen Brunson is probably not going to win the fucking MVP I wanna, award. You know? No, I agree. I, I wanted to do this one because I just wanted to – I just wanted to touch base with uh, this gentleman and let him know you will run into people who poo-poo things all the time when it comes to new in- new personnel, new players. Always give them a chance. That's all I got to say. Always give them a chance. And if they're willing to spend money, you're going me. And you know what? Not only were they willing to spend, it was always the right spend. Right. Every move right. always been the right move. I, I, I don't know if you remember, Frank, but um... – the Derek Rozier, the year he came, that was a move that was like two months before. Or, or was that a month before the trade deadline? The Knicks have made a, a move every year since Tibbs and Leon have been here, but it was yep. always at the same month, right around right. the same month. And look, Josh Hart traded for last year, nine straight. This yep. year, traded for Obi, six, seven straight, and now – we lost a couple, then we just ran off a bunch. It's just the cohesiveness of this team, the cohesiveness of what Tibbs wants. Everything just seems to be working right now. Yep. Uh, hold on. They said, I want to just comment on this. Yeah, read his name and then the comment. It's a little funny. James Allen also, wait, y'all are related, and then Benjamin Bach, hype man. Uh, we're basically family at this point. Um Angelo and my brother have been doing this since before you were born, probably, brother man. They have been so dedicated to this product and their their platform and making sure that every time they put something out, it is detailed for your liking. This is something that is so important to them and they have such a passion for. And yes, uh, even though we are not related, uh, Angelo is a brother of mine. Angelo is most definitely a brother to Vincent. Um, we have we've known each other for years, so yeah, we are a family, regardless to if it's blood or not. We are related. Though. We are related. We're though. related, though. We're related. Yeah, that was uh, that touched me. That touched me, Frank. Hit the hit the thumbs up for these jabronis. I like that. I yeah. like that. Hit the thumbs thumb. up for us. We are just a fucking bunch of jabronis. Go ahead to the next one. Just read off their name and then their comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna keep moving. Let's see. I got a bunch. Dead air, dead air, dead air. Right there. Less is more. He traded Rozier, and now they're having a clog. So this has been my biggest point. Uh, when we were talking a couple of weeks back, when we just got OG and our blood was flown from having a new acquisition, we were still talking. We need that next guy. We need that next guy. Uh, a Dejounte Murray, whoever it may be, and I was steadfast on saying that we do not need another starter. And this is why, right here. You get a guy like Terry Rozier who can give you 30 points a game. He can give you 25 a game. The guy can hoop, right? Like, he'll hit 30-plus on a regular basis. He can hoop. And he can also give you anywhere between 7 to 10 assists a game. This guy can play basketball. With that being said, I always say to everybody who wants to acquire a new starter, remember about – Remember the Heat, remember LeBron, remember D-Wade, remember Chris Bosh. This team failed for a half of a season until they really started to get their traction and pick up. We are a team that has – we've shown with OG down, with Randall down, with Brunson down, 
we would I heart down, I heart and stein down, we can still win basketball games. So with that being said, the focal point of this team, as far as new acquisitions go, it needs to go to the bench. It's got to go because we, because right now, especially with Randall down, because everybody's going to go, what? Oh, Randall's down. We got to find somebody else who can fill that rope. Bah, bah, bah. Nah, we need to stay afloat until he comes back. We need to make the playoffs, period. We're in second place right now. We're in third. We're in third? Okay. We're, We're one and a half out of second. If we can stay afloat and stay within the six, if Julius is out for an extended period of time, we're going to be okay. If we go out and get a guy on the bench to just solidify these these like floater minutes, the in betweener minutes, we're going to we're going to be all right. Frank, who's your who's your main target at the trade deadline? Now, just think about like where we were at two weeks ago, or even one week ago, where we were ready to give up on Grimes. I don't know if you were. I don't never. know if I was either. I don't know never. if I was there either. I'll but- never give up. I think I think Quinn Grimes. Uh, in five years can be a 20. I, I think in less than five years, he can be a 20, a game score. No and doubt. Given, and he's given, and he's gotten the best player on the other end. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Um. So my, so Vin was telling me that Tari Eason was a name that we were throwing around Uh, the power forward from Houston. Um. I love Tari Eason. I think that a power forward is going to be our biggest issue, like moving forward. So I love the idea of getting Tari Eason for a second rounder and something else. The only problem with Tari is that he's constantly hurt, but he is a fantastic basketball player. I'm a big, I'm a big, bat, you, I'm a big, like, are you, are you, so you're cool with McBride being the guy? Yeah, yes. Oh, oh, you want to give it to him? I, I love, so I've loved Deuce McBride um, since the beginning. I've loved Deuce McBride since we brought him in. Listen, my my rap name is Trey Deuce, who some of you already know. So anything that has to – I have an affinity for somebody that, like, shares a name with me. Um, but besides that, I've always saw the dog in him. I've known it, – it was – you know what it was? It was his wingspan for me. I love this kid. You know who shares a name with you, Frank? Me. You. Francis. What up, buddy? What up, my friend? Welcome, Joe. How are we all doing? What are you guys talking about, Trey? For everybody who doesn't know, this is this is the, the beautiful voice of the host of the Big Nick Energy podcast, Joey Landolfa. All 14 people in this room, I, I swear to God, I hope they know who I am at this point. They should recognize you, this nasally aggravating voice anywhere. Joe, we were actually talking about Deuce McBride and how Frank is more interested in adding a power forward than adding a backup guard because he believed Deuce could get he, he let's get l- let's get the Teddy who's taking a break out of his out, out of his studious day and being a good student to log in and come say what up to us. Brogdon is the 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 most it would probably be the perfect piece for us. He would probably sit right where we need as you far know as guards go. You know what's funny about like how people don't like the name Bruce Brown and it started to grow on me a little bit. Bruce Brown and they were Brian Windhorse was actually talking about this on his podcast that he was released earlier today. They literally him and two other guys. So I didn't I forgot I know who they are, but I forgot to look up their names. Um, spent like 25 minutes talking about how the Knicks are like rolling and whether they could be championship contenders or who who is worth getting. Doesn't Bruce Brown 
who is a shooting guard, plays shooting guard, but also plays Suedo power forward. Doesn't he like kind of fit both needs in the same person? So, so, so I'll touch on that first. So me personally, I, I think in terms of playing basketball, you can never have enough guys that do everything. Now, obviously, you always need a sniper like DiVincenzo. You need another snipe. You can't just have one sniper. DiVincenzo's one. I think Grimes can even unlock way more into a shooting than how he has been shooting recently. Um, oh, God. I don't know. OG is a sniper, man. Joe, but he's a sniper just from one corner, Joe. So nah, I, dude, he's a sniper from all over the court. He even shoots over 38, 37% from uh, above the arc. Like, not even just the corners. He's just, just, want to shout he's out just out so man. good at the corners yeah. that he wants to stay there. All right, well, you know, I I don't know. I, I, listen, I like OG. I, I just think, in terms of Bruce Brown, I like him as a fit because Thibodeau loves players who can do it all. They're going to get on the floor. They're going to they're gonna hit threes. He'll run the offense. He could just You could just plug and play Bruce Brown on any team, and he's going to find a way to make an impact. I also just think the Raptors would only – like, they don't necessarily want Grimes. They would only want the pick. So it's like you give them Fournier and, like, the Knicks unprotected first this year, and the Dallas pick is still projected to be higher than the Knicks pick anyway. Like, bing, bang, boom, you get it done, you know? Is it – guys, is it just me – or does it feel like Dante DiVincenzo is just like on vacation and, and he just happens to just be around? Like the, the vibe I get from this guy, Don, I know it's random, but I, I've been meaning to ask you guys this. Every time I see Dante come on, I feel like he's just like Black. happy to be there, just on vacation, just happen to have a pair of wall shorts and shoes in his truck and just yeah, he's so like, Dante just start DiVincenzo is playing Super chill. joy. And I just remember even like last year during the season when I wasn't I wasn't ever thinking Dante Vicendo was coming to the Knicks the year the year after. But I just remember hearing like Steph Curry talk very highly of him, Andre Iguodala talk very highly of him. I remember Steve Kerr, um, even as of recent, talk very high of him. You know, he just seems to be the right fit. Um, obviously playing next to his two Villanova brothers, three Villanova brothers. I don't want to forget Ryan. Um, you know, that's always comfort is key. Um, and he's just shooting the ball at a lights out clip right now. What is he shooting? Like 43% from three right now, 44% from three. He's on a burner right now. I think it's up to 46% after last night. He went, yeah, he went nine for 15 last night. He was going, yeah, I think he's over 45% now. You know, what's funny is that the Warriors probably wish they still had this dude because they're trying to make that rookie, uh, B pod like turn into whatever Dante DiVincenzo already is. And the Warriors could have used a guy like DiVincenzo for all those games, uh, Draymond Green missed. That's for sure. You guys see what what uh, Draymond did to uh, Embiid last night? Just a just a random NBA. I'm getting tired of seeing this guy hurt people, man. I was mean, that- he's not the one that actually got Embiid hurt, though. It was Jonathan Kaminga that jumped on his leg to? Oh, was that ball. was it Kaminga that fell on him? Yeah, 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 yeah. that wasn't yeah. Green. Draymond Green. He did have comments on um, the injury in general, but he had more comments on um, the whole 65 game rule thing. Which, yeah, dude, if anything, Green actually kind of like stood up for like Embiid and like the, I mean, he's a player, obviously. So, of course, he stepped to the player side, but just kind of calling out the 65 game rule for kind of being BS. And he thinks Embiid wouldn't have played if not for that because Embiid was running low on games left to miss. And now Embiid is definitely going to miss left? the games. What do you have, five something, games left that he can miss? Something like that. I think he's six games right now. 
But now, now it's gonna, now he's gonna miss the next two to three weeks, and that's gonna be the end of that shit anyway. Yeah. Hit that one, Kyle. Right above it, two, two above Kyle, two above, two above that one. Need a guard, Kyle Catagon. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correct. Says need a guard off the bench who could guard the shooting guard, but create for our offense. McBride can defend the point guard and catch and shoot on offense. I think so. I, think- I want to run this idea past you guys. Like, say, say we did get Bruce Brown, right? Like, just I don't, whether you want to say Grimes is in that deal or not. Uh, if the backup line is like Deuce McBride, Bruce Brown, Josh Hart, Achua, and uh, I don't know, I Hart, I guess Achua is the backup four or five, Sims the backup four or five, depends on who's missing games. But the main three of McBride, uh, uh, Hart, and uh, Bruce Brown, all three of those guys can equally initiate the offense or bring the ball up the court. So you're not really, while not, not any one of them is elite at it or actually like backup point guard worthy at it, all of them together can just start the offense at least. Yeah, anything to, at this point, it's anything to spray a Brunson 10 minutes. The way I look at it is you want as many Swiss Army knives as you can off of the bench, right? Deuce McBride is somewhat of a Swiss Army knife when it comes to the point guard position. His assists aren't where you would like them to be, but offensively, he has been extremely um, consistent. Josh Hart will give you everything you need. He gave you 10, 10, and 10 last night. Gave you a triple-double last first night. Career. First well, career. I was going to say, I know it was the first on the season. I didn't know it was first on career. Josh, but there have been know. a lot of games where Hart would get te- 8 and 8. Close. Like 8 rebounds, 8 assists, Close. 6 rebounds, 6 assists. He does shit. He does a Close. lot of stuff Close. like that. The off chance that you see this, Josh? And and to be honest with you, it's not that much of an off chance anymore. We know you're watching, Josh. We are. You are a <laughs> dog, kid. You're a dog. You're a dog. Keep it up. You are everything every team needs. This crappy you know, 1999 Hyundai yeah, yeah. Sonata is trying brother, to like rev their engine next every, week. Brother, if you hear this, you're everything every team needs, and we are so lucky to have you on our roster. Well, you know, if you if you happen to just be on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, everybody was looking to like send Josh Hart to the G League, and I'm I'm no exaggerating. I'm exaggerating. I'm exaggerating way further than what I should be, but people were just shitting on Josh Hart because he wasn't getting buckets and his numbers weren't up to par. And I don't know if you've also seen Frank, but I'm going to fill you in. Josh Hart, maybe less than a week ago, uh, I don't know who he he exactly sat down with, but it was somebody from the post and uh, just talking about his role and how he has finally come along to his role during this season. Um, he has said it is a bit different from last season, and he was he was expecting to sort of, I guess, be more involved in the offense. And he said as of recently that he's finally come across to being comfortable as an energy guy. Yes. You know what Tibbs wants is what he's going to give. It was just it was an adjustment period um, for him to adjust to the role this season. The beauty of that is that he has a support system around him. You have to realize so so me personally when I think basketball basketball is extremely psychological to me. It's more than the ability to put the ball in the hoop. So you have to imagine coming to a team expecting a bigger role, them acquiring other people who can do what you do in a DiVincenzo but at a higher clip and then having to come to the realization that you're not going to have that much playing time or the playing time in which you really thought you were going to have. Now, having the people around you that you've had immediate success with 
It, this is why you're seeing Josh Hart flourish. This is why you're seeing DiVincenzo flourish. This is why you're seeing Jalen Brunson flourish. Jalen Brunson, let me ask you this question. Do you, as well as Jalen Brunson played to get the Mavs to the, to the conference finals, the season that uh, Luca was out, he has, he, do you think he's gotten better from that position? From that position, yeah, yeah. he's on a whole nother plan. It's I'm different. Not, I'm not going to sit here and say I watched um, game film of Jalen Brunson while he's on Dallas. I'm a Knicks fan. All I do is live Knicks. But I've obviously during playoffs games I'm watching. Right. What he did, what he did without Luca was like eye opening. And I don't know if yeah. you remember Frank, but Wesley, William Wesley, and Randall were there. Yep. And they got fucking harped on because they thought they were kind of recruiting early, which was probably actually the case. Which was, probably. I mean, they got they lost a second round pick for tampering, so that literally was found to be the case. So, yeah, Joe, I don't like to talk about um, that type of business on here, right? Well, well you know what? Hey, listen, you, <laughs> you don't what? like to say facts that happen. <laughs> you know what? Shout out, shout out to the Knicks brass tampering and bringing in the superstar point guard. That this Best second-round pick in Knicks history. The be- the easiest – I would give you two second-round picks for that tampering for what this guy has been doing for us. No, I'll, give him, I'll, I'll give him a first, no problem. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. No, Listen, Joe, if, if we were to tamper and they were to take a first and you were to – I'll give him Kai Jones. Up. We technically drafted that dude. I'll give him Kai Jones for Jalen Brunson right now. Hey, I'm going to give you guys a scenario, quick scenario. How many picks do we have available in the next couple of years? Gotta be gotta be at least seven. Uh, There's so there's three this year guaranteed. Uh, There's two first rounds and a second round next year. So we'll just say at least six, barring any trades for the next two years. If Jalen Brunson was on another team right now and he said I wanted to be traded to the Knicks, how many of those picks are you going to give up for him? And you and this is his production. This is his production. This year, you you'd have to give. It would be all of them. You would have to. You'd have You're to give him the first round. If if Jalen Brunson signed a, a, a max extension contract with the Mavericks and he had this season with the Mavericks, in order for them to get it, he would you would have to give two first round picks to get him. Maybe even three. RJ so, Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, Quentin Grimes, and three first would have been the Jalen Brunson package. I agree. I, I think that this guy, if we were to move Jalen Brunson as a Knicks organization, not to say that we would. We would probably get two to three first round picks for him in a player, no doubt. No doubt. Oh, I gotta ask you a question. So a second you, rounder is worth it. You getting a Giannis with the Jalen if you throw in picks? That's a, why do you say that's Giannis? A crazy one. Giannis? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not gonna really touch on that. That's not. Who, well, listen, who are these Nets fans in here saying? Oh, is that Ben? They're saying Noah Buller. Oh, guys. We, by the listen. way, I want to. I want to mention this. I want to mention this while Ben is here, by the way, because I know Ben is trolling the chat. We're going to set it in the future so it's YouTube subscribers only. So anyone on Twitter or anyone on Instagram following us and watching us, we strongly, strongly appreciate the support. But please come over to YouTube. Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe over here. It helps us. It helps us make more content. It helps us help you out so much more than just commenting from Twitter or watching from Instagram. We appreciate the support. 100%, 100%, but please come over to YouTube. Help us grow our channel over here. Well, no, we're going to bring Listen, the flag back. We're also implementing open panel. Shout out Morning Brew because it's a great idea. So maybe one day, Ben, you can get your ass up here. Yo, I kind of low-key love this. Real. I love this a little bit. Love it. Herb Jones. That boy Herb Jones is a dog. 
Yeah, I don't think Herb Jones, Herb Jones is just OG Ananobi Jr., man. He's he OG Ananobi before he found a mid-range in an offensive game. Yeah, that dude's a top five. That's it. I'm just a top five defensive perimeter player right now defensively. He can also cover centers a little bit. Like <clears throat> I like Herb Jones a lot. The hey. thing is, Herb Jones is so good at defense. He's another dude that's like worth two first round picks. Like that's how much like you have to pay for that guy for a guy that big, that long, and that good. I want to touch on this. I think this is I think this is interesting. Okay, read it off, Frankie. Okay, the Knicks absolutely the the Knicks absolutely need more. Let's not get blinded by the recent success. We're trying to win now. So we are in a landscape in the NBA where we currently need more to beat the Boston Celtics, to beat Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Milwaukee we might be a little bit closer to. Boston's going to be tough, very, very tough. I think Boston might be the best team in the league. Um, you have to realize, how much do you want to give up to possibly not make the finals? So as Knicks fans, you got to remember, it's nice, it's nice to have wins. It's nice to be on a winning streak. It's nice to have a winning team. It's nice to have the prospect of the playoffs and getting further than the first round. But you also have to remember that we have Titans in this league. Are we going to beat? I uh, listen. We. Decimated. I want to throw a hypothetical at you guys. I want to throw a hypothetical at you guys based on based on this question and the idea. If you were to just take any one player from another team and just be like, you replace blank in the Knicks starting lineup. Like, say I'm like Dante Divincenzo. You are now Donovan Mitchell. Like, what? How close are we to actually being finals contenders? Like, who would be the one person you have to take out? And then I how good know. of a player do you need to replace that guy to get there? I was um, – Ange, if you don't mind, because I was literally just talking to Vin about this. We went to Buffalo Wild Wings. We were just talking Shout about this. Shout out Buffalo Wild Wings. Shout out Buffalo Wild Wings. Shout out bartender Rachel. Yeah, the greatest establishment on earth. So I look at formulas. <laughs> that, I look at formulas that work. I look at the Boston Celtics when they won. Two guards and a big. I look at the Heat. Two guards and a big. The Knicks are a guard, a, a starting shooting guard away. A, a legitimate, legitimate starting shooting guard or power, small forward away from winning. Um, do The only way that the Knicks will win a championship is if Julius Randle becomes the third option. That is a huge necessity he is not good in double teams. In high-stress situations where he has to deal with a lot of decision-making, he squanders those moments, which is fine because he gets a lot of pressure, which is fine. We are a guard away. So if I can trade one person for another person, I mean, like, the two's got to go. DiVincenzo's got to go, and we have to go out and we have to get that to Devin Booker. Um it has to be a perennial all-star. It has to be somebody – my brother made a great point. He needs to be a defensive player of the year, first or second team. Oh, he's got to be. You're looking because for you Kobe, realize a lot of the, Devin a lot Booker of ain't Kobe Bryant on defense. No, no, no. Uh, listen, but his offense will supplement that defense. So you either need somebody who is a walking bucket who can score on all levels at mo- in multiple ways – or you need to have somebody that can put the ball in the basket, but also play defense. But he needs to be a he needs to be a first or second team 
defensive player. Yeah, of the year. I, I, I'm going. I, I think Joey's going to have the same answer as me. I think it's Devin Booker, one thousand percent. I just, I, I just think that that team they, you don't want to just give it a year. Like you want to give that a couple of years. I'm talking at the bare minimum. At the bare minimum, Devin Booker is not available for at least another two plus years. Yeah, Joe. I've been saying next summer for the past three years, Dan. You know, I've been saying summer 2025 since we started this podcast, basically. Before 2026, I believe CAA's very own Devin Booker will be a neck. But um, so to follow up with that, Devin Booker, you guys would think probably make the Knicks finals like favorites or definitely like in the finals like conversation. Yeah. Who would be like who would be like the worst player that could get them in the finals conversation based on this hypothetical? I honestly, I'm I would say honest. Donovan Mitchell is a little worse than Devin Booker, but they're both in the same stratosphere. Like I like Donovan Devin Mitchell. Like the, I like Donovan Mitchell better than I like Devin Booker. Without even okay, so that's fair. Without even throwing out a name, let's say one of them is like the eighth best player in the world, and one of them is like the twelfth best player in the world right now. Like, I'm not Joe Babe, Joe Babe, you're going in. You're in the matrix, Joe. I'll t- I'll, I, I don't know where you guys Joe got me now. Going. Yeah, I got you, Joe. Go ahead, go ahead, finish up. I was just saying, like, how, how who's the worst player that we'd be able to supplant? DiVincenzo within the starting lineup that would make us I, in finals contention. Is it DeMar DeRozan? I, Is it better than DeMar DeRozan? DeMar. I honestly think that, like, I think I don't want to say that if we happen to get DeJounte Murray, we got a chance. And then um, because I don't want to, I don't want. I don't want to get rid of DiVincenzo, whatever the case is. And I don't think DiVincenzo is going to go anyway. But I really think this Knicks team, like, even if they added the DeJounte Murray, you get them into the Easter Conference Finals. You got injury, right? You got injuries that come into play. You got guys coming in or that are hot. Anything could happen once you get to that Easter Conference Finals. I legitimately think if the Knicks make a Brogdon-type move, or even like a Jordan Clarkson type move. We're in the Easter Conference Finals, and at that point, I think anything could fucking happen. Did you guys hear about uh, what Kendrick Perkins was saying about how the Heat need to move on from Jimmy Butler and they're disrespecting him by not putting him on a uh, contending team? I seen. Yeah, that. he gave that super hot take on the Zach Lowe podcast. I listened to it. It was it was pretty wild. What was the what was the breakdown of it? It was basically just that. He was like, Zach Lowe has uh, Perk come on for the last 10 minutes of his pod yesterday. He's like, Perk, I don't need to give you an intros. I don't need to do any of that. I just want you no holds bars, too hot to handle, too hot for NBA today. What is your hottest take to give me right now? No, that that wasn't the question. They asked him if he's more concerned about the Knicks situation or the Heat situation. And he said he's not worried about the Knicks at all, and he's worried about the Heat. And that's when he got into how they feel like they need to move Jimmy. He feels like they need to move Jimmy Butler. That's what he said on TV, yeah. But, uh, like, on the podcast, he he entered it like that. And um, what's funny is that the Heat have a better record right now than they did this time last year. The Heat and the Lakers don't really care about the regular season. They make the play-in. They make the sixth seed. That's like that's when it's their time to shine. You know, yeah, like, I don't really, I don't agree with that. They're playoff battle tested, Joe. I'm pretty sure you've been saying this, and I kind of feel the same way. If there's one team I don't want to face besides the Boston Celtics, it's the fucking Miami Heat. I want nothing to do with Eric Spolstra. 
I want nothing to do with foul merchant, Jimmy Butler, and I want nothing to do with Bam Adebayo injuring four out of the five players in the starting lineup. Fuck well, you got, dude, not well, even got, from the injury thing. My bad, Frank, real quick. Not even from the injury thing, dude. Bam and Mobley in back-to-back series, like, they're two of the five best defenders at their position in the league. Like, even if Julius Randle was healthy, he struggles with those types of dudes anyway. Like, they, they shut most people down. Like, they're – their strengths attack our weaknesses, which yeah, is what Joe, the problem is in the seven-game series. As, mu- as much as you say that about Mobley and who was the other one again? I'm sorry. Bam. Bam. Um, I think anybody that's going up against the Knicks is probably saying that about Isaiah Hartenstein, about Deuce McBride, about Quentin Grimes, about Josh Hart, that they're going to get their fucking ass kicked every night going up against the Knicks. So as much as we could fear the big men of other teams, I think – no other team right now in the NBA is feared more than the New York Knicks. Why do you care about that? So let me ask you a question. If if do you think that Dame gives the Bucks the push? No. Yeah. Um, okay, so I love Doc Rivers as a coach. I love him because he ha- he communicates very well with players. And I always like the the respect that he has had and, and how he talks about KG and that team, that just team. I don't know why I felt like that team resonated so much to me, just their fire and the energy. So I want to see what he brings to that team in terms of a defensive aspect, because that's obviously been the, was the reason why Adrian Griffin was fired. Um, they obviously had the third best freck on the lead, but they were giving up like 170 points a game and scoring 175. So nothing made sense. That's not sustainable in the playoffs. So obviously they haven't played great defense before Doc, but now that Doc's here, I want to give them a little sample size, 15, 20 games to see how those numbers, what that data is. Are they holding teams under 105? Are they holding teams under 100? Do you think the coaching change is going to – do you think that Doc is going to come in and push them to where they need well, to be? Listen, I don't even know, like wh- – I'm not big on the whole midseason bringing in somebody. You're talking about bringing in a totally new set of coaches, a system. totally new system, a totally new culture, a totally new voice – They've been hearing this Adrian Griffin. He's trying to set a culture down. He's a first-time head coach. And now you got Doc Rivers, championship pedigree, coach some of the best players in NBA history. That's a different voice. That might be the voice they need. But I'm just saying that the turnover is very scary to me from one coach to another midseason. I'm even – hey, Frank, I'm even even like worrisome upon adding even – a. A DeZante Murray move, as much as it's great, it's probably unlikely to happen as as it seems today. But, like, you're talking about – if you bring in DeJounte Murray, you're talking about bringing in a guy that needs to shoot the ball 15-plus times a game. So it's it's these midseason acquisitions. OG happened to fit in great because dude don't demand the ball can still get you 18 to 20. But if you got a guy that needs the ball that requires – shooting that ball 15 times and even he's going to give some dimes too right so he needs the ball a lot more than just putting it up it's a lot man that turn so then so then you so then what you're saying is that you agree with me that the Knicks making a move for a starter is the wrong move you think it's all bench solidification you, you the core is is the core you know right the, right the Knicks, to me the Knicks to me I, I think they even have another level with what they got right now. I agree. I think at this point, assuming that 
like knock on wood, I know the official report isn't out yet. Assuming that Randall is back before like March 15th, like enough time for a month to get back into the flow of things, the Knicks don't fall below the five seed. Assuming that, I think we're all probably on the same boat that it's got to be either a, like a Malcolm Brockton or Bruce Brown and no one, no one more costly or more demanding than that. And then real quick about the, about the bucks bringing in doc rivers, rivers thing. The funniest part about the way the bucks are set up and even that all the regular season success they've had so far, they have such offensive minded players, the best coach available that they could have like an essence hired because he's not a coach was Mike Budenholzer again, but there's no way they could rehire a guy after you fire him five days after his brother died. Like, there's just no no repairing that relationship. And, yeah, no. Budenholzer isn't the best with time clock management at the end. He's not the best offensive play caller, but you have Giannis and Dame. How many offensive play calls do you need? You needed a defensive-minded head coach, and you had one of the best. You fired him last year No, but after you know he had a family tragedy. I got I so here's the thing, Joe. The reason that they fired their head coach was because Giannis was not listening anymore. He was sick so of him, I know. So when you say things like how many offensive plays do you need to call, you have to uh greatness greatness does not come there's not many players like LeBron James where you can throw him on the court, he can run your whole organization as far as moves coming in and out and also run the game. So guys like Giannis, as talented and physically gifted as he is, and Dame, as physically and talented as he is, you need some sort of direction. And it, and, and to be honest with you, Doc is the – the who else other can than I, Doc? Can I rebuttal Doc? you on that real quick? Sure, of course. Um, So Terry Stotts isn't like a known like play-calling like – aficionado he's not like a play calling basketball genius he's a player communicator that's terry sots's thing and dame led that team that did not have a lot of talent outside of him and cj mccollum to the western conference finals before like if there's if dame is on the short list of players that have like almost chris paul like iq that could like he doesn't necessarily need the play caller like that and Giannis didn't have that he had a he had a defensive stalwart in drew holiday that happens to be point guard size but not an actual point guard offensive player so i think dame would have actually supplanted that you know i do i still think i still think you need some sort of direction when it comes to like as good as jalen brunson is when he's running up the court you know where he's looking so so like a lot of so you have to realize a lot of success comes from understanding the hierarchy in which you have to listen to you can you can be great uh, but as you've seen with LeBron James, something that's a knock on him is how many times he's lost in the finals. You know, like you can have all these. The only times that he really won is when he had a great coach, right? Because he he Eric Spolstra is a Hall of Fame coach. He thinks so highly. Ty is a Hall of Fame of, coach. He thinks so highly of Ty Lue. I don't. To, I don't completely agree. I, I think he's a out, uh, Hey, I want to shout out Vincent Puglio. First super chat. First BKE super chat. Joe, how do you feel about that? You've been at this. It doesn't count because it's been. I want it to not be one of us. I appreciate it. It's really cool to like see it pop up, but Frank's brother is right behind him and just paid us two dollars. And we get 70% of it. So he paid us a dollar forty. 
Yo, we Joey. Well, ben, thank uh, you. Hold on, hold on. We all worked so hard to get to the super chat thing, and like literally mid chat, uh, Angelo's texting me. See if super chat's available. We're not asking you to donate, but if you decide to, God, it's appreciated. It all goes right back to you guys. We thank you guys so much. Also, let's not uh, let's not do that ever again. I'm pretty sure YouTube also frowns upon pandering for money, which is basically what you just did. Um, but anyway, back to the, back to the thing that we're talking about. Let's uh, let's go to the Doc Rivers actually coaching the Bucks anyway. Like this guy has blown the most three-one series leads in NBA history. If the Knicks, if Tibbs and Doc go up against each other in the playoffs, like Thank I you, think I give Tibbs the edge there. Okay. Jr. Shout out to you. Shout out to you, brother. Let's appreciate go! It. First official super chat, Jr. Customs. Thank you, thank thank you, you so much, man. Appreciate it, Jr. You just made Joey's life, bro. Thank you. It's the little things that count. But yeah, like, who would you guys? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Joe. I was just saying, if Jr. has a question, we'd love to ask. But thank you for the love, brother. Appreciate it. Uh, If you got like Doc Rivers and Tips go up against each other in the playoffs, like head-to-head coaching wise, I forgot if they did it earlier in the 2000s when uh, Tips was in Chicago and Doc was in either Boston or Philly, but like. Who do you give the edge to? I feel like I would give it to Tips in that situation. I don't, I don't think of Doc as like a major in-game manager, like in-game play caller. Frank, you're on mute. Uh, Joe, I, it, still mute. Uh, Joe, the thing about Doc Rivers and the thing about all good coaches and the argument, and the argument everybody always has is if they didn't have a good player, um, if they didn't have a good players, how would the team win? Right. So they always say that about Phil Jackson. Oh, we have Michael Jordan. He had Scottie Pippen. He had Dennis Rodman. He had this person. Thank you, Viola Nova. Thank you, Viola Nova, for the one name. You know, I appreciate the love. Um, appreciate it, brother. So you always hear about that. And obviously, Doc and any coach in the league, you need good players to win championships. So he needed KG. He needed Ray Allen. He needed Paul Pierce. He needed Rondo. And I remember the year before KG came, they were like one of the worst teams in the fucking league. So any team that any team that has championship aspirations, you you better have some damn good players on that team. So Doc Rivers, as much um, stigma as he gets about not being a good closer in playoff games, or you don't make the right adjustment, Joe, he's a winning basketball coach. Of course, he's going to make mistakes, but I think the positives outweigh the negative by a large amount. But like who do you think? Uh, so who do you think is a better coach, Tips or Doc? Doc. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the question. Uh, yeah. Man, oh, man, they gotta be on this. They, they gotta be like on the it's same. Close. Oh man, it's they close. Gotta, the the principles they I come think from it's, kind of the same era. I think it's Tips, man. Honestly, one's a champion and one's not, brother, man. I mean, Tibbs I mean, never yeah. got to coach KG. KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Ray John Rondo is a, 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 a lightning in a bottle on, on the yeah, tail end of two peaks in the beginning of one. That, that Bulls hey, team was not hey, a hey, that Bulls brother. team, boy. That Bulls Let's team was Derrick Rose and a hell of a lot of defense yeah. and hopes and prayers, my friend. No, no, no. That, that Bulls team was LeBron Definitely. James was in the way. <laughs> like Yeah, the, Tibbs, whole- the first three times Tibbs lost in the playoffs, it was to LeBron James every time. Yes. Let's get some more some more comments, Doc. Uh, thank you, Jeep the Best for the hey, Jeep the Best. Thank you so much. 
Appreciate it. Um, Doc only won a chance. Click. Go ahead. Next comment, Frank. Go ahead. You read them off. Doc only won a championship with Tibbs as an assistant. It's a very good point. Thank you, R. They both have the same chip. They both got the same ring. Thank you, R. Much love, brother man. We love you, Mike. Mike, R, what up? Thank you. you. Thank you, brother. We love you, kid. Mike never had to give us a single dollar because he vouched for my my uh, street balling days in this in this podcast before. So, so, so I just wanna I wanna go over this right now, guys. Just quick, I wanna I wanna hit you with it. Are you trading Quinn and Grimes at the trading deadline before the trading deadline? No, nope. Joe. Joe, I wanna. It's such a hard question. Like, let's put it this way: Would I, Frank? I'll, because you said no so quickly, I want to pitch this to you. Sure. Would you rather Quinn Grimes or Bruce Brown in the rotation? I want Quinn Grimes. Would you rather Quinn Grimes or Malcolm Brogdon in the rotation? I want Malcolm, uh, but I would be I would be sad to lose Quentin because I think potentially uh, you're going to get more out of Quinn. So if you're talking immediate so- need. Evan Fournier, Evan Fournier, Quinn Grimes, and the Detroit first-round pick, which will literally probably never convey, for Malcolm Brogdon. Are you doing it, yes or no? You said a Fournier, Quinn Grimes, and a first-rounder? Is that what you said, a first-rounder? You're in the Matrix. What happened? Sorry, the Detroit uh, first-round pick that might never – the one that's, like, heavily protected until 27. For Malcolm Brogdon, how many years does Brogdon have in his contract? For Malcolm Brogdon. How many years does he have left on uh, the contract? This year and next year. No. This year and next year. No. No. Nope. Next year it's an expiring, so it would replace Fournier's uh, like dealable contract, basically. Um, Probably not. I think Quentin Grimes is, in one okay. week, he's probably become unex, un, unexpendable. You cannot trade Quentin Grimes. I think I think Quentin Grimes is – all right. So with Quentin Grimes, he, I think that he has more confidence than all of the younger people that we have left, a la Miles McBride. Uh, Miles McBride's confidence has been growing, but you can see that Quentin is – Doing more manipulation with space making than what Miles McBride is doing. So what that tells me is that his game is further developed than Miles. Miles is still learning how to put people in jail, which is when you when you come off a pick and you have a defender behind you, and then you use your back hip to keep him away from the ball. He's still learning these things. Quinn Grimes has that already. Quinn Grimes knows how to. Uh, move without the ball better than Deuce McBride does. Quinn Grimes has a longer wingspan and can guard more positions than Deuce McBride can. Quinn Grimes has more confidence in his jumper than Deuce McBride. Like I said, even though Deuce McBride's confidence has been That's rising. where I got to go against you, man. I think McBride has more confidence in his overall game than Quinn Grimes does. That's, I think, where the main issue agree. is. Joe, McBride is willing side. to throw that ratchet whenever he has it. Let McBride me, will Mary, attack the rim and then pass out on an open layup. Up. Let me let me rebuttal you. Who has a more clear path of what their job is? Deuce McBride or Grimes? Deuce McBride's the backup point guard. It's, it's Grimes. Period. It's period right? Like, period. So, let me, with that being said, do you think that that ideal that he knows what his role is plays more factor into his confidence than Grimes having to really figure out where his role is in that second unit? 
I think that, the that, shot itself, though, like the rule for sure, it makes it makes McBride have to think about less when he's on the basketball court. Which the less you think in any sport, the better important? you're going to be. It is very okay. important. We've played basketball with each other enough times that we both know that's extremely fucking important. Um, but Grimes attacks the rim, and even when he's open, sometimes he passes out. And it's like, yeah. dude, you have an open layup. Just take the shot. And, like, he's getting rid of that slowly but surely. But I think McBride overall, I think also there's just a level of confidence that is irrational that anyone that's six foot one or under in the NBA has to have. That Grimes at 6'5", and being the former best player of a top four NCAA Final Four team, like, he had it, and then you th- you think you should have it, and then you lose it because you're like, oh, damn, I'm not the, one of the best players anymore. Like, then you have to build yourself back up. McBride had to go through his whole life with that confidence in order to go to where he's at. Right, right. So he's a little bit more of a dog. It's the Napoleon syndrome, man. He's just more let tenacious me, me, naturally. Can I, can I ask you guys a question? Can I, can I say something extremely blasphemous that I've been noticing about uh, Deuce McBride's release? Uh, is he not very reminiscent of Ray Allen's release. It's is got it the double It's got a is double it not cut. just me over the over the head? It's got, it's got the overhead uh, art, like the wrist flick arch. Yeah, yeah. Can... But McBride's is more more hereish. Ray over the face. Really, Ray's was. But just weird. that that release, that release, I, dude. I've been watching just like his little bop off the dribble to his pull up. He's looking very Ray Allen-esque in that yeah, stroke, man. It's like if Ray Allen was a shot put uh, competitor in the Olympics. He looks well, good. Listen, he, he, don't get me wrong. I think Deuce McBride uh, is could be a very, very solid second point guard, and I think potentially as he grows, he might be able to stem into an extremely successful offensive point so, guard in the so NBA. Frank, where does that lead you into that question right there? Read that, Garrett Lynch. Where Garrett Lynch? You have it up already. You have it up. Okay, so Garrett, who do I think has a longer-term success, either Deuce or Grime? I think it really all boils down to who gets handed the keys. So, like I was saying before, Quentin Grimes. We feel Quentin Grimes is expendable because Quentin Grimes is is in that R.J. Barrett IQ position where he's trying to figure out what he's going to be for this team. Um, if they were to say, listen, we need this is what we need. We need you to take this many shots a game, and we expect this type of defense from you, that would be a different story. I think that these younger guys in the second unit are kind of being put to task in the sense of, let's see what you can produce. Let's see what we can figure out in this offense, because that second unit flows really well, right? There's not really like a a priority scorer in that second unit. It's just wherever the ball finds itself, we've been making that shot. Uh, So with that being said, if they hand Deuce the starting uh, backup point guard position, which they have, and they continue to give it to him, I think that he will be a longer uh, tenured Nick than Grimes because – if they're gonna give, they're gonna sign him. They're gonna give him the extension, and then they're gonna let him start back up. He's probably gonna be around a little bit longer than Grimes. Joe, this, I'm sure you have a good response to this. I don't know if you read the question or you've seen the question, but I'll read it to you. Garrett Lynch of YouTube says, "Who do you see more long term with this team, Deuce McBride or Quentin Grimes?" I think Deuce McBride is gonna be with this team longer, and I think Quentin Grimes is gonna find more success in his NBA career. 
the same way that RJ and IQ both are able to right now in Toronto, they're on a worse team. They both get to put up more shots. They both have more responsibility. They're both higher up the pecking order, but because they're worse players inherently than our worst, our best players, like Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson are better than RJ Barrett Emmanuel quickly. The Knicks are a better team than the Raptors, so they get more chance to like grow, prosper, get more shots, get better at their craft. I think so. If Quentin Grimes went to the Portland Trailblazers and then was just their starting two guard and got to start next to like Anthony Simon, Scoo Henderson, I guess the three guard, Anthony Simon, Scoo Henderson, Quentin Grimes, Shaden Sharp, and uh, Duop Reith, that team's gonna lose a lot of games, but they're all all of them as a group are getting way better. Yo, what is Grimes averaging? What is Grimes averaging in Portland? He's averaging 16 points a game, and he's averaging 12 points a game. I was going to say, I was going to say 17. I think 16 is fair. I agree. How many minutes is he playing? 25, 28. He'll he'll get 30 minutes. No, like 32, 34. Yeah, Yeah, he's getting 30 minutes on that terrible team. Yeah, I think so too. A lot of losses though, Joe, and losses are invaluable in the NBA. Yeah, but at least at least he's. I'm in the matrix right now. Hold on a second. He's going to be in a position where he can really refine his game, which is going to help. You got to look at guys like Kristaps um, Porzingis, which I hate to talk about because he's having fan, uh, so much success in Boston. Yeah. Came to the Knicks, blew his knee out. Uh, yeah. We gave yeah. up on him because, you know, he's a seven-footer, blew his knee out. He had a lot of shit going on with his brother and Phil Jackson and da 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 He went over to Washington. He had a full season. He was healthy. Wow. Well, he went well. Yes, he went to Dallas. Yeah, the 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 reason I said Washington is because that was the turning point of his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like he went to Dallas. Obviously, he had somewhat success with Luca, but Luca, who knows if he is a winning basketball player? Luca's so heliocentric I, that if you're I, another player, that it's just yeah. He Luca, Luca. That's a whole other conversation. Regardless, he goes over to Washington where they're bubkiss. They're terrible all year. He plays pretty much a full season. He gets his big contract to Boston, and he's able to be successful. And I he averaged 20 and 8 in Washington, man. He actually played 65 no, games. No, and, and warranting the contract that he got in Boston. Like, he, he deserved what he got because he proved on a bad team that he can hoop. And I think, like, RJ, IQ, if Grimes were to go to, say, Portland, these, yes, it's a lot of losing, and, yeah, losing – is something that you don't want in the NBA, but at the end of the day, these are not the last stops for these guys. These are just stops where they go and perfect their craft a little bit more, get that big contract so they can get more minutes. Listen, I'm all for former Knicks being successful, especially Or even best-case scenario, they're in the same spot, and then they actually build a winning culture at that team they're at that was losing before. That's the best-case scenario. Shout-out Tim Hardaway Jr., Jam and Jed on YouTube says Precious reminds me of Nerlens Noel. Um, facts. I, 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 I kind of agree. Uh, he's all, a little he's better all, offensively, but facts overall. I think Noel has probably the worst hands I've ever seen in NBA history. But I think Mr. Robinson has the worst hands in NBA Precious, history. Precious has been impressive. His touch around the rim has been great. Um, Tibbs got him rolling or whatever. I don't know if Tibbs got him rolling or just – he finally figured his role in this next offense, but it's been really nice to see him play his game. It's been really nice to get to see him play extended minutes. And I like that he's able to guard fours. He could switch. He could guard a five. He could guard a four. Uh, he, he, he can guard, guard three, three through five, man. The one thing that Raptors fans loved is that pressure is good at defense. 
Yeah, no, listen, as long as Precious Chua plays how Precious Chua he's is supposed to play, he could be an impact basketball player. I just yeah, I wasn't I wasn't I'll be honest with you. I, I wrote him off very quickly. Um, which is weird for me because I like I, I I'm I always stand on that ten game sample size and I wrote Frank, you were part of the Frank Neal High for a long time, man, to be writing anyone I, else too quickly. I still listen, I still am. Whoa, I, still am. I, in the house. I still am. I think oh. I think that a lot of it comes down to uh, it comes down to system. I think it comes down to development. I still am. I think Frank Nilakina, this guy is probably 25 years old, still has that seven foot wingspan. Somebody's Frank, not pointing him in the right Frank direction. Is still Frank Nilakina needs Yo, to do what Dante it. Exum did, dude. Dante Exum went overseas for a couple of years and came back. It's now a good NBA player. Frank Nilakina needs to go to a team in like Belgium or Spain or somewhere where he would actually be the best or second best player on a team now that he's an adult. And like actually do bring shit that, there and then bring come that back swagger here. back. Yep. Well, well yep. you know what? That's um, I don't know if you guys seen yesterday, but I did tweet that the Knicks easily, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, have the best string of centers in the NBA between Mitch, Hartenstein, Precious, and Sims. The what's guys? No, the Timberwolves for sure, by far. Timberwolves, the Timberwolves. With, by far? Yeah. I agree they have go that. they have go bar go bear, Carl Anthony Towns, and Nas Reed. Okay. Mix a number two. I, I can make a. I can see a number two argument for sure. Okay, so if they're number two, they're number one to me. That's fine. That's fine. Frank. <laughs> Frank? I'd have two? to. Re- I'd have to really think. I. I do think that the Timberwolves are number one. Um, I agree with Joe. I'd have to think about. I'd have to go through every roster in my brain. And then it's like I'm not like if I counted like. Like if yo if I counted Jokic as an individual or Embiid or or like Davis or Sabonis, like if I'm counting any of the top top centers that play 40 minutes a game, then technically that team would have a better quote unquote center rotation. But when it goes like one through three, one through four deep, it's like if the first guy got hurt, the second guy next man up, the Knicks are definitely second best. Listen, Sims does Sims does nothing for me. At all. Ooh, he does no, nothing. He does no, nothing. No athleticism. Gets Frank, t- Frank, take the tomatoes, but let them know what what is what's happening. Okay, so I all right, fans of the New York Knicks. I was a huge Billy Hernan Gomez fan. Oh, I love Willie. Huge, huge. Is he um, in the league still? Yes. I, probably. He's a bum. Okay. I was a huge. <laughs> I was listen offensively from the post, fantastic. In today's NBA, you're a bum, right? So, so I have to look at Sims. What does Sims bring you? Uber athleticism. Stop. That's what Tibbs requ- like. Tibbs doesn't Stop. require any like Joe. Correct Stop. me if I'm wrong, but Tibbs doesn't like he doesn't require like anything but a rim presence and like. Guys who could Sims is Sims is not bad on switches. Like Sims actually holds his own on the perimeter defensively. Sims fits in his body. Mitchell (laughs) Robinson. Next time the next five fit in his body. So I'll give him that. Yeah. I'll give him that. The next time sit next game you watch that the Knicks are playing and Sims is getting minutes, which uh, I'm assuming it should be next game because it's definitely earned minutes. So I love this. when they play I agree, Nixon, Indiana, nice. and Indiana runs 25 pick and rolls, 
when Indiana when Indiana plays runs twenty five pick and rolls and Sims inevitably ends up on Tyrese Halliburton, telling me this dude does not move his feet and his hips laterally enough that you're like, oh damn, that's way better than I thought he would do. I think Jericho Sims must have had a growth spurt like senior year of high school and it went from like 5'2 to like 7'1 in four months. Because the way that dude moves, he must have been a guard. I think someone would die school. if they did that. His, his, yeah. Listen, once again, <laughs> athleticism. But after that, if you have the vertical that this man has – you should be averaging a block a game if you get 15 minutes a game. I'm sorry. I'm getting a block. Dude, he, a game does that. he had four blocks in the first quarter last game. He only plays 20 minutes a game. He gets a block a game in 20 minutes. I don't know what else you want from the guy. Get to those comments, Frank. Hey, I got one for you. Hey, it's me. It's me, Vin, by the way. I'm here. Uh, nah, man, you're, you're completely wrong about Sims. Sims was useless when he was getting about five minutes, and he didn't really know what he was supposed to do. But now with all these centers out, and Sims is actually getting some burn. Sims is looking like he's putting together. Same with Precious. You got if you're gonna talk about Precious stepping up, you can't disrespect Sims like that. Sims has also stepped up. Both of those boys done stepped up. The Knicks, if Tom Tiro's good at producing anything, it's centers. I don't think the I to be honest with you, I don't I'm not high on the Knicks center right now. I, I love I love Isaiah Harnstein. I think that he got out of the flow that he was in, which is scary a little bit. Last night you saw him come back a little bit to what he was doing, and maybe that's him just getting up to speed again. Uh, but after iHeart, uh, we have we have a big problem. Uh, Achua is good, but Achua has shown that it's an in and out kind of experience with him, right? Sims does nothing for you on the box score at all. Sims does nothing for you on the box score. Go look at your box scores. And, I, yeah. and you want to know something? If, you, if you're if you going to tell me he's doing stuff that's not on the box score, that's not for a center to do. A center's got to get rebounds, blocks, and if he can score, great. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Listen, I think you're right. I I think you're right in what he gives us. He gives us nothing but athleticism. But for what the Knicks need, that's all he needs to give us. I don't see him ever going out there and shooting a 15-foot jump shot. I don't ever see him going out there and taking the ball off a pick and roll and Doing he has game. been he has been dribbling down the court and looking to attack a little. Well, bit. yes, I got, I got a question for Frank on the Sims topic. Actually, do you think he has more offensive game than Mitchell Robinson? No, no, no. That's crazy to me because no. to me he does. No, I think I think Mitchell Robinson uh, knows what he they need out of him. I think Jericho Sims. When you see a center at the three point line or a little bit below, turn around and start attacking. It just goes to show that his decision-making – so he's thinking not team first. He's thinking, I got to go get mine. When you get Isaiah Harnstein at that at that point underneath the three-point line, what is Isaiah Harnstein looking to do? Pass the ball. Back doors. Even though Grime – even though uh, even though he did have that nice backdoor pass last night, I, I actually really like seeing that out of Sims. That's really nice to see. Um. We're going to wrap it up here in a couple minutes, guys. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, if you want, uh, BigNickEnergy.com. We've got some really cool merch on there. Uh, we run a lot of sales, probably one every month. 
Um, so I'm not telling you to wait for a sale, but just go there, go there, check us out, support us. Um, that big BKE flag behind Frank is one of our hottest items. The 30 out of item, huge flag. Wear it, uh, wear it around as a cape. Uh, put yo, it in your arm. Yo, when we win the championship this year, I'll be out there. Um, yeah, great item, $30, uh, among many other things. So please go do that. Um, please subscribe 50, to us. It's going to be 50 next season, so get it now. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all those things. We uh, appreciate you guys very much. Follow Frank. Frank, I don't really know your socials. Uh, uh, uh underscore at the end. Uh, thank you for everybody that donated the Super Chats. Uh, you guys are awesome. We appreciate you very, very much. Yep, yep, yep. And everybody else is listening. And everybody else that's listening as well. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being a part of this. It's dope. It's nice to have a little community. Yeah, subscribe, Frank. like, subscribe and like. We're wrapping it up, and we'll see you next time. Beep, bitty, boo. Beep, bitty, bah. <laughs>